welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about Shahmaran episode four, titled The Unbearable Lightness of Believing, which I'm sure we will talk about. Um, and I am not drinking any tea because it's kind of late tonight. Doing it late. What about you guys? I have water. Water. Hydrate. Yeah. I have <laughs> Diet Coke from in and out <laughs> I have a Diet Coke, but not from In-N-Out. And I can't believe there's In-N-Out in Austin. I'm very jealous. It's pretty they're, good. They're expanding to like Nashville, I think, too. But it's a really? few years from now. Yeah. Because they, right now, Austin is like the far, I think the farthest they can go within, I don't know, there's some like, for freshness, they have some criterion um, of distance to like get their ingredients from California to wherever, but then they have to open like a new hub essentially on the East Coast in order to have Nashville happen. Edit all this out. I just had to show you. I will, I will. (laughs) (laughs) No Um, free ads. No free ads. (laughs) <laughs> it's because austin is the california of texas it kind of is <laughs> okay so now i am going to take us through what happened in this episode um again eski has opted out <laughs> watching best decision of my life so she will be representing <laughs> you the listeners um by just straight up not knowing what's going on <laughs> and <laughs> sophia and i both tried our hardest to watch and pay attention but we may have missed some stuff so if we did feel free to tweet at us or use the what did you think about this episode feature in spotify uh we would love to hear from you especially if we make a dumb mistake we start with Maran, who is asleep on a stool, which was like the most uncomfortable place you could ever, like, I don't think you could physically what? fall asleep on no. like, a stool. Especially not when your life is like taking care of some old motor, like engine on <laughs> in your backyard and like reading by the lake, like you're never going to be tired enough <laughs> to pass <laughs> out on a stool. Uh, anyway. Well, you'll find out he does have quite a few responsibilities. Oh, uh, we okay. Well, see, that was episode. my, see, again, the listeners are getting my authentic reaction to <laughs> piece of information. The most authentic. Um, and Shasu wakes him up so rudely by literally poking him super hard in the forehead. It's like so uncool because um, he was like just you know, watching her drunk sleep, probably trying to make sure that she didn't choke on her own vomit in her sleep or something. And she wakes him up by just poking him. It's really mean. Um, Maran asks Shasu why she got so drunk last night. And she says it's because he's she's hallucinating because her whole family is crazy, her words. And um she they talk about why he they stopped as in like didn't go through with having sex with each other and maran says he stopped because she was drunk and she kisses him on the cheek and they have feelings eyes at each other so shasu is into maran and maran's into shasu then um maran sees a snake trail on the floor of shasu's room like under her bed which is disturbing on many levels because her floor had to be dusty enough that the snake would leave a super clear trail, which is concerning. Okay, the Adams family- Dirty yeah. or like slimy, the snake? I mean, snakes aren't slimy though, so- Yeah, they don't like emit mucilage, like, I don't know, a snail or something. Yeah, yeah. But they, she could it could have come from the outside, from like the ground. Yeah, I guess they could have like yeah, yeah. picked up mud or something. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it should yeah. have come from the ground. <laughs> I don't it know came from a, a man. From <laughs> 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 um, okay. I hate this show. Sorry. <laughs> That's the... an interesting take on rep- reproduction. <laughs> the uh, Adams family has a conversation. We learn that Maran is half human. I don't know if his whole family is half human or if it's just him, but that's something we learned. And they think that the video of the snake attacking Shasu won't be enough to convince him to believe. And his sister, who I think her name is Hare, um, and she just straight up catches a rat that's like running past them on the veranda. 
It's very weird. I think it's because she has snake reflexes or something, but that's what happens. Shasu decides that she wants to make her bedroom nicer, so she tells Davut she wants to paint it, and she gets him to help, which is sweet. They're bonding, kind of, even though they've said, like, three words to each other. Oh my god, Sophia, did you watch the wrong episode? <laughs> no, no, no. No, the thing is that I watched um, the... The what? The different... Like, a different... I watched the first part on Wednesday or a few days ago. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so I watched this also a couple of days ago. So <laughs> bear with us, listeners. Jihan and Diba argue at school, these two. And uh, Diba says that Shasu spent the night with Maran. So like, you have no chance, Jihan. So that's weird. Uh, but that is what's happening. So Maran and Jihan are clearly fighting over Shasu. Shasu talks at Davut about her like mental health history. Basically, she was bitten by a snake when she was five. And then after that, she had like crazy PTSD hallucinations and uh, panic attacks. And she had to see a ton of doctors. And And she asked Davut like how his how long has he known? And he says, ever since I've known myself, which I don't know what that means. And um, Maran and Hare, who's the, like, I guess the least crazy sister, have a heart to heart. And he says uh, he doesn't want it, it being a relationship with Shasu, I think, but he can't resist it. And she's like clearly pressuring him to go forward with it. And she says, if it was just your uh, father's neighbor or your grandfather, I think she might say grandfather's neighbor, what would you do? And Hare, Shasu comes over to say hi to Maran and Hare meets her. And she, first of all, is like, oh, I'm Maran's lover. And then they're like, JK, JK, I'm his older sister, which is just such a weird intro. I don't understand these people. We learned that Maran, this is the most ridiculous part of the episode. Maran is a perfumist. He makes perfume. That's what all of the vials are in the shed. What? Yes. He <laughs> makes perfumes. That's his passion. Number nine by Maran. <laughs> Number five by Maran. That's correct. He <laughs> makes Shasu her own fragrance. They play a guessing game where he smells the perfume and tells her what's in it. And it's so weird and it's supposed to be romantic i think uh he says oh and then she like leans forward so he's like smelling her instead of a perfume and he says rose she smells like rose and she freaks out and then they go back to a straight up rainforest that happens to be behind their house not sure how that happened but there's like fog and rainforest plants and stuff and they talk about a lot of philosophical stuff and it's very boring, but then they kiss and Maran says he'll be right back because he saw somebody watching them. Maran chases the guy, superhero tackles him. So Basilix seemed to have some sort of like supernatural speed, strength, something. It was definitely not human. And this dude, his name is Marach. And he says, you are our leader. And fuck the humans, fuck the prophecy. We should be the ones who are in charge. We don't want to hide anymore. And we don't want to wait for the prophecy to come true. So this is like the first actual plot we're getting on the Basilisks. And I thought it was really interesting. And I'm very keen to know more. So we learned that Maran's, I guess they're kind of like the royal family of the Basilisks. And we could talk about this later. But they have a spokesperson whose name is Lakmu. And um, they talk about how their people have been hiding. They're not doing too well. They're just living in the world of humans and they want to be in charge. They don't want to wait for the prophecy to come true and bring balance. They don't want balance. They want to be in charge. And Maran is still like, wait, you're talking about killing an innocent. Like, stop it. Which, but his, you know, his stop it is getting weaker and weaker. (laughs) And then... Jihan comes to see Shasu at her house, at her grandfather's house, 
and it's very weird and he definitely gives her weird vibes and he says you must talk to me before you make an important decision and she's like okay and so that was weird and very confused about what his like deal is and we learned that he's Lakmu's son so he's the son of the um, mouthpiece for the royal family the Adams family and um, he says he's fighting a losing battle for Shasu I guess but whether it's for the prophecy to come true not come true I don't know Shasu says uh, she takes phone notes and she's just like super duper happy sniffs her perfume this is my last recording I'm in love I'm happy I'm not afraid anymore and um oh okay so then we get some more exposition where Marach says they don't want the prophecy they are Mar people living in Mar town and they're poor and sad and they're waiting for the Shah to save them and they don't want Shavaran they want the dark one and they say fuck order we want chaos so the dark one is the lady on the marble slab with all the snakes I think um so that is the opposition and fine then we get to shasu she's wakes up in the rainforest there's a snake she tells herself it's a dream but now there's two snakes and she's bitten on the neck so it was not a dream uh she passes out and then the dark one tells snake face hoodie guy to bring shasu to her but Maran comes to the rescue. Not sure how he knew how to rest. There needed to be a rescue, but he does. And Snakeface Hoodie Guy dissolves into ash. I don't know if he died or he just like disappears. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. So what? What was the exact like mechanism for him dissolving? Like what happened to I make him? Don't know. I feel like Maran displeasure like, grabbed his hood <laughs> off or something, oh. and maybe it was like a vampire thing, and hmm. he just like dissolved. I don't know. Or maybe he was, like, just an extension of the Dark Ones, like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he could disappear. Being, yeah, yeah, or yeah, or yeah, he's also capable of disappearing. Like maybe it's a power thing versus a, oh, you died thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but Maran sucks on the snake bite, which is gross, but I guess that's what you're supposed to do. And carries her home. And they put her, him and his sisters, put her into this big marble bath and um at the same time Davut is sleepwalking touches the rose in his garden and is crying and then Shasu wakes up the next morning she's perfectly fine Maran tells her that his dad healed her and no one else saw even though it was actually him and his three sisters so that's very weird I don't know why he said that and the sister says, oh, Shasu didn't scream and freak out when she woke up. She must not remember what happened. And then Shasu goes to her bedroom and starts recording on her phone and says, Maran is not telling her the truth. And she knows that something else is going on here. And then the camera pans out and you see that there's a snake underneath her bed. And that is the end of the episode. So now we're going to move on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling the tea section. Where would you like to start? I don't know. I feel like I've said it before, but I don't know. The show's too slow. It's not keeping my attention and it's really hard to watch the episodes because like really weird things happen and there's like no apparent explanation. So like it doesn't seem like they're going to explain anything at any point. Yep. But um, I do, I did appreciate the like backstory stuff we got that this episode, I feel like it, we could have had it the first episode, <laughs> but it, I'm, I'm interested in the basilisk hidden society and the prophecy versus the dark one trying to take power and subjugate the humans, I guess, I think is what's going on. I mean, I'm just like, 
I, I don't understand like what Shahsu's role is in all of this. And given what they said the last, like, I don't understand if she's a human or not. I guess she is. But then like, if her mental illness is that she has PTSD, then I don't get why her dad and her mom, also, her grandfather and her mom also have PTSD. Like, there's just like too many loose ends that they're setting up. And like, I don't understand what Jihan is up to. And he just like appears randomly um and what madan needs to do like it's clear he needs to take a specific action but there's been no clarity about what that action is Mm -hmm. um and yeah and then the father is like a weird character like i don't know if they said that the father was the one who healed her just because he's like a doctor or something maybe Mm -hmm. he's maybe probably is a doctor or something i don't know um and like they live across the street from her how could they let the snake guy do something to her like aren't they meant to protect her isn't that their whole like mission as a family they definitely are meant to protect her from the dark one i think because if she gets got then there ain't gonna be no prophecy how does the dark one like in your opinion from what you know fit in with like the shah Manan mythology like is she is it her or like is she, is she like all snake like i don't i guess i don't understand again like with the story of shahmaran like how there are these factions and like like well, yeah, again what is she <laughs> it's very confusing to me and then they also talk about this woman that we've been seeing in the past few episodes and i didn't understand anything about the, what they mentioned regarding her like the woman on the marble slab who I guess That's is That's the dark from. one. Yeah. Oh. oh, so that is the dark one. Because <laughs> I thought that was maybe Shasu, like, because it kind of looked like her. Yeah, it does um, look like Shasu. Maybe that's the point. Ooh. I think that is the point for sure. Yeah. Um, But is the dark one Shahmaran? No, I don't think so. Because well, Shahmaran was, like, nice. Yeah, to... she was a good... She was nice. Good guy. Yeah. Like too nice, yeah. But she was so, she was so nice that she died. So maybe like when she yeah. comes back, she's gonna want revenge or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. No, I think the Shahmaran is the prophecy, and is balance between the basilisks and the humans. And then the dark one wants to subjugate the humans and have the basilisks run the world. But like, can basilisks reproduce? Can they like do stuff like? I don't know. They just doesn't seem like it would be sustainable for them to rule the world. Who knows? I mean, the way they were talking about like waiting a hundred years for the prophecy or two hundred years for the prophecy. Oh, like, so are they very long? Are they hundred or two hundred years old? Yes, and also like I don't. I'm pretty sure basilisks didn't rule the world two hundred years ago, but you know, right? Alive, they're so. like, oh, people. They're like, oh, people won't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the internet. They won't know. <laughs> yeah do like a thou- a few thousand if you want to be believable like actually like closer to like 10,000 probably but like maybe it's a cycle that needs to happen every couple hundred years to do something oh maybe maybe mm-hmm. like the, the current brood is all from like hatchlings from 200 oh, years God. ago maybe maybe it's <laughs> certainly need, possible they need a new batch ASAP <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know about the mechanics of like their reproduction. That's disgusting. It <laughs> is disgusting. Also, um, generally, like hybrids of different species, like they don't, they can't. That's a good point. <laughs> so, and we learned that Maran is half human, so maybe he's like a mule. Yeah, <laughs> no seed to I'm spread. <laughs> And also, he there was a like that he. Why did his fangs come out when he was sucking out the poison? I don't know. I like thought he was biting her. It was very weird. Very weird. And Shasu like all of a sudden changed her like really sour personality to she's now really happy and like giddy and yeah. Doesn't mean meet the actor's face like the actor isn't meant to be happy. I agree. Facially. <laughs> She's facially good for like weird and brooding, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually I think that's the thing that bothers me most in the show. Like I 
I wouldn't choose to watch it, but like, I'm fine with the weirdness and the vibes and they're not telling you very much, but the characters just make no sense. Like Shasu was a terrible person. The first couple episodes, just like completely shut down, no spark, no, like, why would you root for her? Nothing. And now she's like a love struck girl who's like giggling and like smelling perfume in a shed. It's like, I just don't understand what is going on. I agree with you. It was just odd in general. What did you think about the fact that the Adams family are like the royals slash Maran is like the prophesied leader person? Honestly, I, I don't understand it because like we don't even know what why there needs to be a hierarchy among the among the basilisks or whatever they're called. So I don't know. I'm just confused because there hasn't been enough context. Like they need to do some context because if they're just going to put in intrigue and intrigue and intrigue, but we don't have the context, then it's like nobody like there's no intrigue at all. I don't know. Yep. (laughs) I'm quite frustrated. My current theory is that when Maran and Shasu have sex, she's going to die and that's going to like fulfill the prophecy. But that would be a pretty sad end to the show. And I think there's another season. So I don't really understand how that would work. Yeah, my, my, uh, no spoilers because the, review didn't have any spoilers but it hinted very heavily that the last episode is like uncharacteristically action-packed and sets it up for like what seems like it will be a very again action-packed second season so I feel like they're not going to consummate basically yeah because yeah. <laughs> she has to live for it to have a plot <laughs> I think who knows <laughs> I think um, do you think that Jihan is like, there's like a coup going on or is he just like a stupid boy who wants to beat out Maran? I think he definitely has to be like from some sort of rival faction or, or yeah. Cause like, remember they were talking about like when she's at the school, she's my territory. And when she's wherever she's yours. And if territory means protecting her, they're all doing a terrible job. I just want to say. I mean, they live fucking next door. No, I feel like the show like wants to be a vampire show, but they couldn't do that because everyone's done that. So they went for the weird snake thing. <laughs> just like the whole like families, like it's like split up into families and there's like a chief thing. Fam- I don't know. It's just very anchored in like every vampire media thing I've ever seen or read about but it's snakes it's like significantly less sexy (laughs) (laughs) yeah agreed what do you think about the perfume business sophia just see that one coming what the hell like does he even have any business like do people really go out of their way to like buy perfume from a perfumer who like makes it from scratch okay i have a i have a factoid Mm -hmm. snakes have a special supercharged smell sensor called the jacobson's organ it sits right above the roof of a snake's mouth when a snake flicks its forked tongue it gathers chemicals from the air the jacobson's organ can then smell these chemicals when the snake brings its tongue back into its mouth so the most characteristic snake behavior is entirely about smell so the perfume thing is supposed to make sense through that factoid (laughs) interesting so they smell with their mouths, with their tongues. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But he never took his tongue out, though. Well, but he's he in human form. He wasn't going, <laughs> <laughs> Also significantly less sexy than anything a vampire does. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. Yeah, I... Also, the, the whole thing with Hade, with, like, it was so awkward. And she's like, yeah, I'm his lover. And then she's like, nope, I'm actually his sister. Sorry. Like, That was so bizarre. Like, I get that these people are weird, but don't they want Shasu to get with Maran? Like, why are they being so, like, if 
what? Like she should have just walked away after that. That was so bizarre. Hmm. It was weird. And yeah, I, I also like, why is Shah so happy now? Cause she like is in love with Maran or something. I think so. But now she knows that he's lying to her. I think she's unhappy again. Re-unhappy. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's Davut, who I'm sure is going to serve the plot at some point, but is just like so weird and withdrawn. I really don't understand what he is going to be doing. Yeah. Okay, well, now <clears throat> we are going to move on into our history section where Sophia is going to take us through the delightful topic of famous snake bites in history. So this should be a real fun one. If you're squeamish about this kind of thing, you might want to skip to the next section. Definitely. But leave Me that too. up to you. So as we know, our main character got bitten by a snake this past episode. So we just wanted to... Uh, you know, explore our curiosity and know <laughs> <laughs> about people who got bitten by snakes in real life. Um, uh, since like we know that there's a really famous um story or or like it's known that Cleopatra was bitten by a snake, so she's our our starting point. I, like it's a popular belief. Like there's no proof that this was what killed her. Um, and it was thought that like she died by suicide because she let an asp, which is a kind of snake, or an Egyptian cobra bite and poison her. Um, however, uh, there's like they found like an implement that introduced the, a toxin by scratching. So like some people say that she injected the poison onto her into herself. Other people said that she put an ointment on herself and they didn't find a snake with her body, but they did find like a tiny puncture wound that could have been from a needle. So technically she's probably the least possible snake bite of the whole list that we have here <laughs> um, of popular snake bites. Um, <laughs> so... Um, as we discussed previously, snake handling is not a safe hobby, it doesn't seem, from these stories. I mean, probably there's a lot more snake handlers than the people on this list, um, but there's a few stories. Like, for example, this man from Malaysia called Ali Khan Samsudin, who was known as the Snake King, and he earned this title after living with 400 cobras for 12 hours for 40 days in a small room. Why? Um, Good God, and, why? Um, And he also got the title of Scorpion King because he lived in a glass enclosure with 6,000 scorpions for 21 days. And this I'm is just like, you don't record. need, like, you don't need this attention. Nobody needs this notoriety. Like, what's wrong with people? Or, I, like, develop a better, better skill, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he does have a protege who oh, no. is known as the Scorpion Queen because she's done two record-breaking like scorpion stunts. If I was um, the protege of somebody that got killed by their own stunt, I think I would quit or find a new mentor. For sure. I mean, you'd have to find a new mentor because <laughs> he's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> So unfortunately, he died in December of tw of two thousand six because he was what? bitten by King Cobra. So sadly, all of his was it okay? But was it like hit while he was handling one on purpose, or was he just like out on the street and then his kind betrayed him and like bit him out of nowhere? <laughs> um, let's see. There's a BBC news story. I would, I would, I would love for it to just be a freak accident, like out, just not trying to handle a snake. <laughs> <laughs> so he apparently had gotten bitten by snakes several times before, so he just like didn't think anything of it. Oh, but unfortunately, he like got really sick and died. 
um, from the. Oh, so he, so, okay, so this was like one of many bites, but he just like never got them treated, basically, and then. Yeah. To his surprise and dismay, he died. Okay. <laughs> he was bitten ninety nine times by snakes in his life. Oh my god. Yes. So. That sounds horrible. Also, also sad he didn't hit, hit hundred. You know. Like true. Dude. Very true. <laughs> Um, and then there's this other man, he's called, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to pronounce this terribly, but his name is Boon Rong Hua Chan. Um, and he was a Thai man that was also known for handling snakes. And he did a lot of like performances with cobras. Um, and he set a Guinness world record for spending the most time in a container with snakes because he was locked in a glass box with snakes for seven days. Which is that how he died in that box? Okay, I don't know how they survive in that box because, like, they're gonna bite you if you're like in such close proximity to thousand like a bunch of snakes. I mean, if you're like not like flailing around and provoking them, they probably and they have food, they probably wouldn't. Also, they're not gonna be able to like eat you, so like their only reason to bite you is self defense because they're because they swallow things whole, they they can't swallow a person. Yeah, true. I don't know. It's it's odd. But so he died because he was bitten by Cobra during his daily show in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, and he continued the show. He like didn't make a big deal out of it. He had some herbal medicine. He had a shot oh, of whiskey. No. Oh. Um, and then he had something that looked like an epileptic seizure. And then he was taken to the hospital and he died. I mean, um, these were both entirely preventable. One, by lifestyle choices. Two, by, like, seeking medical attention. Um, <laughs> Choice of profession did, is key to these stories. Yeah. He did, though, get a Darwin Award for his death. Which I don't know oh, if you guys what? know the Darwin Award. Oh, was it for, like, natural selection? Like, he got yeah, naturally selected. The Darwin Awards are basically for people who take themselves out of the gene pool. Yeah. modified it, because it's not, because it used to be for, like, people who died. But some people have, like, been castrated by doing stupid, stupid things. So that's why they, like, opened up the category. Oh, no. Um, although apparently on the, this is weird, on the Darwin Awards site, it says he was bitten by a mamba. Oh. Um, and, yeah, he just had, like, a whiskey and some herbal medicine. And obviously that's not very good for snake bites. Now we know. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately he died. Then we have, <laughs> have a couple of entries of people who um I don't know much about this, but apparently in the Pentecostal faith, there's some sort of snake handling. Um I imagine it has something to do with stuff from the Bible. I don't know, like the Garden of Eden thing, maybe. <laughs> The famous snake, oh. aka Satan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because like there was this uh Pentecostal pastor in Kentucky named Gregory James Coots. And he so it's a religious rite. It you done mostly in the United States, and it began in Appalachia. And so each church does like different things. Um, but apparently it's estimated that five thousand churches or or like maximum 5,000 congregations do these sorts of snake things and they they quote the gospel of mark and the gospel of luke there's like a quote from luke that says behold i give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you so apparently they handle snakes and drink poison as a demonstration of the strength of their faith and they cite in like different parts of the Bible to show how like surviving a snake bite is surviving the devil, um, in some ways. Yeah, it's it's, it's it goes hand in hand with those church rites where they speak in tongues, and they have like an area in the front of the church where they handle the snakes, um, and they usually use like rattlesnakes, cotton mouths, or copperheads, but sometimes they use cobras. Which cobra? If if you've been paying attention to this history section, cobras are the most common denominator in all these stories. 
at a loss for words I'm reading this um pray on it Sophia it might come to you (laughs) um but basically one of the people on this uh on this list as well um he was on a show on a reality show called snake salvation I see that now yes in my googling (laughs) (laughs) and snake salvation apparently thank you Nat Geo for the very educational content was about people who handled snakes. I mean, I'm sure related to religion, because if not, it wouldn't be called snake salvation. But this man, uh, he was at a service in a church um, in Kentucky, uh, and he was bitten in the right hand during a service. Um, and so after it bit it, it bit him, he like dropped the snakes and he continued with the ceremony. Um, and then he was driven home, and um, when they when paramedics came, uh, he, his family refused medical treatment because they said um, it was not consistent with their religion. So he died in his home, and his son succeeded him as the full gospel tabernacle, as the head of the full gospel tabernacle. I, I would like to add that the year before this nonsense not even the year before like a few months before this nonsense completely nonsensical death of his um the wall street journal published an op-ed that was like this should be protected under the constitution because it's their religion (laughs) it's like thanks wall street journal for your for your uh really invested opinion in southern christianity and snake handling (laughs) as Uh if you would do it Honestly, Sorry. like as long as they're not hurting other people. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's. I think that I mean we need, we should definitely shouldn't get into it, but like the thing that immediately comes to mind is like children who have no choice but to be taken into these environments. Oh, <laughs> and there's dead there's deadly animals. I hope but, they don't make children like participate in these activities. I don't know, but I hope. I don't. Not. Yeah, I think it's pretty. I mean, I only see there's only like eleven or so known churches that do this. I mean, maybe others do it like in secret um because it is pretty like also like how they obtain the snakes is probably not yeah (laughs) so i'm sure it's all very much under wraps but yeah hopefully hopefully no kids are made to handle yeah i really hope so i'm just gonna do one last snake bite story because i have a lot but i think we've had enough (laughs) um so there was a german man um, like at the turn of the century and he was a merchant of wild animals and he supplied like zoos as well as P.T. Barnum. Um, his name was Carl Hagenbeck and he created, he like invented the modern zoo where like it's not cages, but it's like mm-hmm. a natural habitat. Um, but um, horribly enough, he like also displayed humans in the animal zoo, in the zoos. Like, I don't know what, I mean, I, I imagine that it's like a subset of humans, but um, yeah. Oh yeah. He exhibited the Samoan and Sami people um, as purely natural populations with their tents, weapon sleds near a group of reindeer. Well, that's no comment. <laughs> so he like was very active in this, kind of movement i don't know if you guys know a little when 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 like science hadn't like split into like biology and other stuff and it was like natural history so like the a lot of the science was based on like examining skeletons and things like that that end up i mean it was a very racist time in science basically um and so he did very questionable things um and then he died from a snake bite, probably a boomslang, um, which is a very beautiful snake. I had never seen it, but it's green. Definitely an ingredient in Harry Potter potions. Yes, for sure. Yes. So yeah, this man who lived his whole life capturing and um, subjugating animals died from a Nice. Karmic retribution. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, this man does not seem very nice, but he also died from a snake bite. I, I mean, I just feel like the Cleopatra one is like, I mean, it's obviously the least substantiated, like you said, Sophia, of all of them, but like that one's got like an air of like, 
oh, like she was defeated and like Mark Anthony died and like whatever. It's like a whole like drama romance thing and it's like a good story. And then all the rest are just like modern day ding dongs who <laughs> 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 who had crazy who made crazy life choices and then also like didn't seek medical treatment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems like the theme. <laughs> it's like yeah. oh you you made so many mistakes. Like jeez. <laughs> yeah and I also read about two people like one more modern day and one previously who died because they like really wanted to study like a certain kind of snake venom and like get the antidote. But like then the snake bit them and they died and they hadn't developed the venom. So they just died from the consequences. Mm. of the venom. Mm. Yeah. Well, their, their research methods probably could have been improved. <laughs> go out on a limb here. <laughs> they probably weren't practicing proper safety. <laughs> Correct. Um, and then also, Oleg, the wise, who was the first prince of Kiev, of the Kievan Rus, um, he like founded the Kievan Rus. He apparently also died from a snake bite. But that was probably like at war or something. Like, there's probably something like legit behind that. Versus like my career is now. You don't think he was a. a one-time prince all the time snake handler <laughs> he like it's like this is this royal life is too much for me yeah, so apparently um there was a, a prophecy that oleg would die from a stallion um mm. and so he in order to defy the prophecy he like sent the stallion away and when he asked where the stallion was it was dead so he went to see the remains and um, uh, he touched the horse's skull and then a snake came out of the skull. Spooky. Isn't that always how it happens, man? You yeah. just gotta stay away from predictions. Yeah, better well, to not know. Why would he go see the bones? Like, what does it matter? Honestly, like... You're yeah, also, if it's now... If the, if the... Sorry, if the horse is now bones, like, it's been dead and you haven't been asking about it for a while, Oleg. So why it. do you... No, but, like, he... Like, it sounds like he went right after he found out, but, like, he found out, what, like, months later <laughs> when the snake was, where the horse was already bones. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Obnoxious. Yeah, so there's some, like, historical stories, too, that seem really interesting um, as well, but I think we've had enough of our snake deaths for now. <laughs> for now, I'm sure we will have more snake bites in the show. It seems like Shasu is just waiting to be bitten again it seems like her main purpose in life is to be bitten by snakes very probably yeah plus her new boyfriend is a snake so that's gonna be a thing yeah never mess with snakes remember they're animals after don't mess all. with them leave them alone and you'll be fine i think is the moral of the story Well, now we're going to move on to our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck Sultan of success and Fatma's hit list. So what the fucks? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Um, I have Shasu poking Maran to wake him up. That was just like really rude. <laughs> the dude slept on a stool to preserve your honor after you were so friggin' drunk, you fell down and passed out. So come on, be nicer. Um, I have the, <laughs> during the flirting over the perfumes scene, she's literally sticking these perfume bottles so far up his nose. It's like crazy. They clearly never took chemistry class. They don't know about wafting. She was just like shoving those up his nose. And that is like a huge bottle of like essential oils. Like that is going to be stinky. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah. What are your what the fuck, Sophia? Anything we haven't mentioned? I feel like we did mention quite a few in the gossip. Oh, uh, there gossip. was one thing that they mentioned that it once again had like no explanation and probably will never have an explanation, which was if they didn't put Shahso in the into that bath quick enough, she would get scales. Um oh I'm just I didn't she see that turn into a snake. Wait, oh, what? Maybe. 
Wow. Wait, why would she? I don't know. Wait, hold up. Why would she get scales? <laughs> There's no explanation. But like, why did they, when did they say that? Or when, like, what happened? When they were like curing her from the bite. Oh, so if she wouldn't, she had to be in water to not get scales. And underwater too, like she was drowning, I guess, or dying. I don't know. What? That doesn't make she any sense. She seemed to be perfectly fine when she was shoved underwater for long periods of time. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, so she should be underwater or not be underwater? <laughs> she had to be, so she wouldn't oh, be okay. to be underwater. Okay. I don't know. That's nonsense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wanted to mention they she talked about her mom used to take her for ice cream um after her doctor's appointments and she said they always got mastic ice cream and so for people who are not familiar i just wanted to say mastic um is a type of resin from trees and it's called sakas in turkish and it's a pretty popular flavor for ice cream candies stuff like that um it's not my favorite but it's interesting. I think it's probably have, something you should like if you grow up with you like it. They I think in, in they have it in Greece too in like a form mm -hmm. of gum. I don't know if you've yeah. ever Yeah, it's like weird. I yeah, I I I really like it. I I have it in I, I like it. I like to get mastic ice cream as well cuz obviously they don't have that in the US. So whenever I go to Turkey, I, I make a point of getting that on my ice cream outings. Um you can bake it into cookies uh, to give it that its distinctive flavor, but like in cookie form, you can get it uh, in chewing gum, uh, candies, like Sammy said. Uh, so it's very, like like she was saying, extremely popular. And I think the general consensus is that it's great, but you know, <laughs> not, not probably not if you're like an adult trying it for the first time, because it is like surprisingly, it's a, it's a strong flavor. And I remember I made like a pudding with that flavor for my friends when I was living in Poland and they all took a bite. They're like, mm, Oh God. <laughs> they, all, they were like so surprised. <laughs> so it, I was like, Oh, I forgot that this would be surprising or, or like feel like a slight burn. If you have no idea it's coming. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, I feel like it's similar to licorice, not the flavor, but kind like, of, yeah. The, but like the sensation you get. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like root beer that Sammy loves. <laughs> it's similar i like root beer tastes like yeah, on, on the scale of like flavors that surprise you I, I would say that's a good comparison yeah <laughs> um yeah. okay maybe there's something colombian that you guys tried that was weird but i can't think of anything that i like that's weird <laughs> You're like, mm, I thought about it, but no, everything's perfect. <laughs> everything's perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, we definitely eat, like, um intestines and things like that, but, like... That's not weird. That's in every culture. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm just trying to think if there's any... Well, I mean, I guess... there's a lot of unique fruits and stuff, but... Yeah. Not the same. Damn it. We're too boring. <laughs> Colombia, the land of the uninteresting. <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> oh god. I just saw a Colum such a Colombian news story the other day. Very sad actually, because you've heard about the hippos, the Escobar hippos. Yeah. So like there was a family on a like a car trip and they like crashed into a hippo. What happened to the hippo? It, it died. Oh. I don't what know. The family? <laughs> hippo they first. all went to the hospital, but it didn't say they died. Oh, so yeah, they're probably fine. Thing. I was kind wow. of thinking that a would hippo be shocking. Would be phased by driving along that. and you just run into a hippo. I mean, it's a problem, right? They're like an invasive species, <laughs> completely. Like, they're gonna get them like out of here. I read, mm -hmm. and it's gonna cost a lot of money. But I don't know what ha ended up happening with that. I know I they tried to kill them at one point. Yeah, like I, I forget. I think it was was it ecuador peru like there was some there was another south american country where like an island was completely overrun with ghosts and they were an invasive species and then they were like shooting them from helicopters oh no God. i, I think it was in south america no, oh yeah no ghosts <laughs> nah. maybe go now the ghosts of goats yeah <laughs> they have a bigger problem now that's the next uh netflix 
unnecessary supernatural Turkish TV series, <laughs> The Island of Goats. Ghost Goat Island. <laughs> Ghost Goat Island. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, who is our Sultan of Success? Huh. Maran, I guess. I think it's Maran. Yeah. We learned that he's a really excellent perfumist. Um he can superhero tackle people and he's like the prince that was promised for some reason. So wow. he's got a lot going for him. True. And Chelsea's into him. Chelsea's changed personalities over him. So. Yes. New Shasu, who <laughs> is friendly and stuff, is really into him. Uh who is on our hit list? I don't know. The show writers for making everything so freaking big. <laughs> I Seems thought we fair. weren't allowed to put real people on Fatma's hit list. Oh, we've definitely <laughs> broken that rule. <laughs> were, weren't the producers on Fatma's hit list? Yeah, costumers, a lot of people. There's been a lot of <laughs> cast and crew bloodshed. <laughs> um, how? I mean, do we think Fatma could handle the like whatever this the the evil entity? I forget her name. The powerful, the dark one. one, the dark one. Could Fatma uh, handle it? Yeah, she's just lying there on some marble. Like, Fatma could go up there and dab her with a rake or something. I don't know. Well, what if it's Shah Maran? I don't know. I yeah. mean, I do I do just to go back to, like, the discussion of is it just Shasu, like, or, like, a version of her. Like, I feel like that's going to be, like, some big reveal they have. And right. it's, like, not going right. to be shocking to us at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, why would you pick somebody that looks so similar to be... Yeah. Like the very distinctive hair color and length of hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Sigh. And they've also given us hints of like, what if Shasu decides to kill the humans? Something like that. So mm. there's something going on there. Uh, okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Congratulations to Maran, the prince of the prophecy. Watch out to the dark one unless she's Shasu and we end up rooting for her, but I doubt it. And next time we'll be talking about episode five, where I'm sure we find out exactly what's going on, who we're supposed to be rooting for, and super <laughs> love the show. Thank you all again for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye.